today's episode is brought to you by Pure VPN. Whether you're streaming, browsing, or just looking for a little more online security, Pure VPN has you covered. Rated 4.8 stars by TruePilot and seen on Wired, Yahoo Tech, The Huffington Post, and Lifehacker, Pure VPN offers blazing fast VPN services at an affordable price. Pure VPN also has features like internet kill switch, split tunneling, and the capacity to allow 10 devices per account, as well as 24-7 customer support. Right now, they're even offering a 7-day full access trial for just 99 cents and an additional 40% off their monthly subscription service. Use the link in the show notes to secure this deal and your online activity today. Legally? I am legally obligated to tell you that you're being recorded, right? <laughs> I'm legally obligated to tell you that you're so handsome. The hundredth episode is the last because Sean sues us afterwards. <laughs> He's being recorded. With my legal lawyers. And we don't make any money, so we have to give them our leftover swag and recording equipment. I'll take all the swag. Dude, speaking oh. of swag, my freaking heist shirts should be in, like, today. Yeah! Oh. I want one so bad. Yeah. I'm going to hang it up in my lab here by the robot. I'm really excited. You have to put it on the robot. <laughs> I'll make the T-1000 wear it all the time. <laughs> all right. Um, exit and listen. Yeah, I think we've all spoken. We should should be good. So I'm going to exit out of this bitch and uh, be right back. Okay, be right back. I, I, do we all have to hang up or just me? Uh, you we'll just hang up and see what happens. like four drinks in so i'm not making the best decisions i love it <laughs> i love it all right uh it's episode 100 and we're here to cheers clink, clink. cheers you didn't tell anyone who's here so damn proud of you boys Fallon is also here and so is sean we'll talk about that later 100 though, episodes deep 100 episodes deep and we're still not doing it right refuse to <sighs> oh 100 goddamn episodes that's awesome Oh, shots. Love it. Woo! All right, you out of here? Love you guys. Right, I'll come Hello. Up. <laughs> Don't throw I'm up. I'm 100. <laughs> hey, Love Nick. You. See ya. All right, take the food. Have so much fun. Thanks. Always. Go. Get out of here, little oh. Come on, honey. Come on, honey. Time. It's game time. I got you oh, three minutes of playtime. <laughs> oh, there was a meme with phone saw. I should have said that you guys. God damn. Did we just make a Spider-Man reference that I missed? I remember it. Okay. The meme, the meme was uh, when the class is done with the lesson and there's three minutes left on the clock and then it shows bone saw. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one recently of just like when you're an employee on Friday at 4:57 and you're waiting to get off and it's just got bone saw holding up the three. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! I do the voice all the fucking time at work and nobody knows what I'm doing. <laughs> I got you for three emails this morning and none of you have responded. <laughs> 
I can't wait. I'm getting way ahead of myself here. I can't wait to talk about the fucking memes that have come out of the shit we just watched. <laughs> the oh, my Lord. Yes. So before we go any further, this is the Alex and Sterling Watched Up podcast. This is episode 100 of the Alex and Sterling Watched Up podcast. Yay! I'm Alex. I'm Sterling. And today we have a special, extremely special guest named oh. Sean. Woo! Well, thanks, boys. Fucking honored to be here. Sean, we chose you to be on our 100th episode because you have been asking us and we have been promising you <laughs> that we've watched fucking Lord of the Rings for so long. Uh, and I think we've honestly been so afraid of the commitment uh, that we put it off for almost over 100 episodes. But we got you, buddy, right on our 100th. Legit, don't blame you, because I think even the theatrical versions of the movies go, what, like a little over three hours? So, yeah. So, <laughs> totally I don't blame you for the time of them. The first two are just under, like minutes under three hours. The third one, theatrical version, three hours and 20 minutes. Holy yeah. shit. Oh my God. So, the uh, extended version has to be close to four hours then for the third one. Oh, yeah. And part of the trivia I was reading on before uh, before this recording started was that the first draft of the uh, Fellowship of the Ring was like four and a half hours. They were like, yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what we watched. Watching. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, 100th episode. Very excited. And we watched all three of them, right? Yeah. I watched all three. Got my last one done yesterday. Me you too. Did it? I did it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I do it well, every Sunday of my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so I realized something sad when I was watching it. I realized that, like, they're long movies, but nothing pales in comparison to the workday. Because I had it on in the background, and I'd watch the entire Lord of the Rings, and it'd be, like, before fucking lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This really puts things into perspective, man. <laughs> this is dark. Dark. Uh, well, cheers, guys. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Fucking cheers for 100. Thanks for having me on, boys. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. We Wait. chose you uh, not only because we love you, but your your knowledge of not only Lord of the Rings, but like of the Tolkien sphere is immense. And it's very important when you cover movies like this that are legendary figuratively and literally um and we again we're probably scared i think i'm still scared to talk about them um to do them justice so we need you it's You're like that stuff. time you just asked me what star wars was and i oh grew up so I didn't <laughs> <laughs> you did like stroke out for a second <laughs> like, um, so Star Wars. <laughs> you were like, okay, real fast, do Star Wars. <laughs> like, what? Oh my god. <laughs> so I think the craziest thing about all this is that uh, Tolkien's legendarium for the Lord of the Rings universe is so fucking vast. There's a lot that even I am like super unfamiliar with. A lot of it's kind of ambiguous, which some people don't really appreciate. They like, you know, this is what happened, this is who they were, this is where they came from, this is what they could do, but a lot of what Tolkien did was meant to be kind of a mystery, so I think you're going to hear me use the word ambiguous a lot during this podcast. Oh, interesting. 
is like so what outside of the books uh is there like i thought we just had the books but just reading shit online it makes me think that there were so many other books or whatever. oh my god oh so the lord of the rings books take place during the third age of middle earth and during the first and second age beforehand each one lasted close to about four to five thousand years and tolkien Ooh. filled practically every year of both of those ages swear to god it's, what it gives human history a run for its money with how extensive this <laughs> thing it's ridiculous Holy shit that's so i'm glad to hear you say that because i in now i've seen these movies like a million times each <laughs> but in in rewatching um the fellowship of the ring there in the pretty early in the movie gandalf goes to do some research on the ring and you see him reading scrolls and it it he starts narrating and it's like him reading this history book and it says in the year 3434 of the second age and he's yep. like blah 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 and i'm like is that just like gibberish like is that just to make it sound old and cool like this is how we tell time you know in in fairy tales but to hear that he wrote the history for a first second and then what we're in in the third age is crazy Oh, yeah. So what Gandalf was reading actually was like the diaries of Isildur, the uh, the last king of Gondor, essentially. And he's the one who cut the ring off Sauron. We all know that. We all know that. Come on. All you listeners who are listening to this <laughs> podcast, you should all know this. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that would have been at the very tail end of the Second Age, because the battle that takes place in Mordor at the very, very beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring kind of signified the end of the Second Age. So when Isildur is reading about, or, you know, he's writing about the ring in the year 34, 34 of the Second Age, it would have been like the very, very tail end of the Second Age right before the Third Age began. What brings you from one age to the other? I think um, Tolkien signified the change through major events. So the end of the First Age, I believe, would have been the War of the Jewels, which is a massive compendium of stories and lore on its own. And then the second age would have ended with the battle of the last Alliance, which is where the elves and men teamed up against Sauron in like one last ditch effort to beat him. So, so that signified the end of the second age. And then the third age would have technically ended when Aragorn died after being King of Gondor. Ah, oh, so we actually didn't see the end of it. Interesting. Yeah, correct. So as far as like, the books that we have access to or the writings did tolkien write like actual book books on this stuff or oh, are yeah. they like a bunch of short stories or like things like that you know what i mean where it's like technically it's a book but it's like you know maybe it's 45 pages versus you know 800 pages for sure a, a little bit of both um he had a couple books um one of them was called children of Huron. that was a full-blown book but you're right. A lot of the rest of it is filled in by short stories, and uh, those take mm. place in something called the Silmarillion, which is like the compendium or the Bible for the Lord of the Rings universe, and then uh, Unfinished Tales. And it's actually kind of crazy because J.R. Tolkien died before finishing either of those two compendiums, and so his son, Christopher Tolkien, took up the mantle and then kind of filled in the rest of Unfinished Tales and the Silmarillion. Just and like the Bible. Dude, yeah. and it <laughs> Just like the Bible. And it kind of sucks because a lot of hardcore Lord of the Rings fans don't consider that to be lore because it wasn't J.R. Tolkien that wrote that. It was yeah, his son. Yeah, it's like not canon. Right, which I don't agree with at all. I think if his son 
his son did a great job of sticking to his dad's like ideas and uh, stories and scripts. So I consider that fully 100% canon. I mean, I he's think so the too. only person who you could trust to do it at yep. all, right? 100% agreed. And Tolkien, uh, Christopher Tolkien, was actually a really good writer too. A lot of the stories that he wrote for the universe were very well written and some of my favorite stories actually. Can you, as the reader, tell like... You know, if if someone if, if the book cover didn't say J.R.R. Tolkien or Chris Tolkien or whatever, and they just handed you two manuscripts, could you tell the difference? Yeah. Did they like use different colored inks or something? <laughs> different I mean, quills. I mean, like yeah. writing style. Like, and, and I, from personal experience, like I read Clive Cussler novels about Dirk Pitt. It's like an adventure series, and there is a point at which his son helps him write these books. And Whoa. totally the same it's it's very similar but you can tell there's like a change it like feels different so me personally i don't feel like i noticed a difference between christopher and jr but a lot of you know the super hardcore fans on the internet say oh well of course you know chris or jr tolkien would never use this kind of verbiage or would never talk like this and i think it's all just bullshit to me they sound almost exactly the same and they have very very similar writing styles nice well that's good to hear that's dope if you can't accept anything from, like, the original, then you'll never get anything new. Oh, dude. Fucking agreed. Like, it's people love to be purists, you know? Which is definitely not a way to to enjoy things or to live things. Like, you gotta be, like, adaptable to change and willing to accept things that maybe you don't necessarily agree with. Right. Like, I'd rather have it fucking finished or have more of something I like. Even if it's lesser quality. Like, even if that was a thing. Yep, so you prefer same. to have Solo... Versus not have solo. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stop the recording. Stop twisting my words. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that movie since we all saw it in theaters however long ago that was. So, so drunk. I actually enjoyed watching it. Like, it's kind of fun. It's not, it's not in the same category as Star Wars movies, but it's, it's like a fun movie. I mean, it was fun because, like, we were we had alcohol. Keith was smoking in the theater. People told him to stop. He said, fuck you. And I, so that was fun for me. That was fun for me. Uh, but, like, I, would, I wouldn't say, no, don't do any Star Wars movie after 4, 5, 6 because it's not pure. I, I want more shit of what I like. Just keep going. Keep going forever. Even if it's garbage, like, if you make enough of them, you're going to hit uh, a winner eventually, you know? That's so all right. that other, all those other Star Wars stories that aren't technically part of the Disney universe, do you consider those canon? That aren't part of the... Well, just because I don't consider something to be canon doesn't mean I don't like it. So Dis, uh, just like Lord of the Rings, uh, Star Wars had a fuckload of other books and stuff. And uh, the second Disney bought Star Wars, they were like, yeah, man, all those books aren't canon anymore. Um, I still like all the stories. They're super cool. But to help me, like, understand Star Wars and what's possible or what could be possible in future movies and, like, better understand what I can expect, like, I keep my brain in the in the canon, you know? Like, oh, I don't think we're going to see these children of Han Solo and Leia because they're not canon. So I, I know what to you know realistically look forward to if that makes sense i gotcha totally but they're fun reads for sure that's the important part as long as it is enjoyable like that's the key 
Yeah. And like, I remember uh, them announcing, I think it was Amazon announcing that they're going to do the Lord of the Rings show. And I was like, Ugh. what the fuck else is there to do, bro? But there, it sounds like there's so much they could do. A there's lot. a bazillion things they could do. And I think they, I think they decided to set the stage of that series in a region called Beleriand, which is like this huge Middle Earth sized area that was attached to the Western side of Middle Earth until it was just destroyed by a, by a war and then sank into the sea. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of bring that to life and what they choose or what kind of story they choose to go through from that age. So this was a long time ago. Oh yeah, second age. So thousands of years before the uh, Lord of the Rings books. So I'm gonna ask the obvious question here. <laughs> Is there an upper earth and a lower earth? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so technically no. The, the Earth in the Lord of the Rings universe is something called Arda, and there is kind of uh, its version of heaven called Valinor, where all the gods and angels essentially live and come from. And Middle Earth is like our version of all the continents. So like the African continent, the Asian continent, the American continents, that's Middle Earth. So there's no like lower Earth, Middle Earth, or upper Earth. It's just Middle Earth and then Valinor. Is so, it because like uh, hell and heaven are like above and below, so you're right in the middle? Well, I think um, technically heaven and hell are the same place. It just depends on oh, yeah. which side you're on. <laughs> they like exist in the same realm and all the things you would find in heaven or hell all live in the same place, like with one another. So I don't know if that makes any more sense or less sense, but you take a left. That's, that's how it is. <laughs> too early and you end up fucking eating dinner with Hitler. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Uh, so what, I, I mean, maybe I got the wrong vibe here, but I got really excited watching the end of this because it really makes me think, okay, so like fast forwarding to the very end, Frodo's finishing Bilbo's book and then gives it to Sam to fill in some blanks. So it looks like the author was really those guys, Frodo, Bilbo, and maybe Sam. And then the elves are like, we're getting the fuck out of here. It's time for men to reign. So to me, like what it's saying is like we're about to enter an age of human or uh, men. So it's like it, it, it's almost telling me that the, they're trying to say that the shit all happened. And right now we're in some age of men, like right now in real life. And I find that really interesting. Dude, I think that's a that's actually a pretty good point. I haven't really thought about that. Uh, the elves had actually been trying to get the fuck out of Middle Earth for a long time. Like, they first started leaving somewhere after they defeated Sauron at the end of the Second Age. And um, yeah. where they were going was Valinor. They were basically sailing across the sea into their version of heaven. And uh, I think <laughs> the only reason... Frodo, let us kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frodo, Frodo technically was doomed the moment he spent an elongated time with the ring. Like, the moment that his fate was bound with the ring, he was kind of doomed to die. Similar to how Bilbo did. The moment he, like, left the ring, he aged so fucking quickly between the time oh, he left the Shire and then when he arrived in Rivendell. So they took Frodo to Valinor to try and spare his his soul, essentially. Uh, essentially. Essentially. And, uh, yeah, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> no, so that's an interesting point. Because that, I thought that the ring basically preserved Bilbo. And then as soon as he left it, he basically caught up with where he should be versus Frodo, who, like, 
it might have preserved him for like I don't know in the movies it's like maybe a month or whatever. He, he but had like, it for less than two years, which I mean, according to the movie, like at the right. end they're like it's only been sixteen months, and I was like, what the fuck? Only a year and a half has passed. That's nuts. Right. Yeah. So like if if he were to leave the ring, right? It's destroyed. Like I don't I didn't think it would age him like that because it's like well, you know, you can catch up in two years and. Maybe you're gonna get a wrinkle or two, but it's not gonna be that bad. It, uh, um, it wouldn't have aged him so much physically, but it would have destroyed his soul essentially. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so as long as you physically have the ring, yeah, it could preserve your life for an ungodly amount of times. Which is why Gollum was, I think, like 400 or 500 years old by the time the uh, Lord of the Rings took place, and Bilbo found the ring. Yeah, so, it's like intentional, right? Because like the ring preserves the thing, the vessel that could bring it back. You fucking the, nailed it. Master. 100%. That, that was my understanding. That's exactly right. And, Sean, I read an interesting piece of trivia uh, in preparation for this moment. Um, where, and I, I need you to confirm if it's legit or not. Um, <laughs> so in the movie, in, in Fellowship of the Ring, right, Bilbo takes off, leaves the ring. Uh, it's Frodo's now. Gandalf and him have a conversation and they're like, dude, you got to keep this thing secret, keep it safe, hide it, it's fine. Gandalf takes off to do some homework and then comes back what seems like, you know, maybe a couple weeks later and is like, hey, bro, you still have that ring? Um, it's a real problem. Uh, <laughs> I read this piece of trivia was like, in the books, that was 17 years of yep. him doing homework and tracking down Gollum and doing what? all this stuff. And Dude. they're like, yeah, we got to shorten that up. <laughs> That's 100% accurate. And actually, during that time frame, Aragorn and Gandalf start hunting for Gollum because he's the only other one who knows where the ring is. And they fucking found him. So when they captured Gollum, Gandalf booked it to wherever else he was going afterwards, and Aragorn took Gollum to Mirkwood, where Legolas and his father essentially ran the Elf Kingdom there. And that is where Aragorn and Legolas first kind of became friends because Gollum was imprisoned there for quite a while up until the point where they have the council meeting in Rivendell to decide the fate of the ring. Part of why Legolas was there was to tell the other elves and everybody else that, hey guys, we kind of fucked up and Gollum escaped. Oh, he escaped? They didn't <laughs> yeah. let him. He got out? Yeah, the time frames between the books and the movies kind of are a bit wishy-washy. So they tortured Gollum in the movies a bit before the Council of Elrond would have happened. But during the books, the Council of Elrond happens before the Nazgul get to the Shire and before they capture Gollum, essentially. Oh, wow. Yeah, the time frames get a little wonky there, but that's how it happens in the books. You, you just, the human brain cannot be okay with that time frame from the books and movies, I think. Which is why like if, they if, definitely if shortened it. 17 years later, and no one has aged. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that was the reason it gave in the trivia, was like, for continuity reasons, they, they made it way shorter, so that they wouldn't either A, have to explain why everyone looks exactly the same, or use different actors. Yep, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And there's actually, there's not too much difference between the books and the movies. Obviously, there are a few things, nothing major. Well, a couple major things, but... But yeah, for the most part, that's that's really one of the only few major things. So, real quick point, and then I want to ask you about the differences, the major ones. But the I think I would have liked to see 
how Aragorn and Legolas met and became bros because it's somewhat I, I guess it's obvious in the movie I, it was obvious to me that they knew each other yeah and, there were no intros or anything they were just immediately talking from yeah him. and he was and they like called him by name like hey we're you know we 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 serve together or whatever like you can tell that they were tight i was like these guys are sick and <laughs> i want to know why they're bros but they're you know they're cool now they um, sick inside jokes they like wink at each other <laughs> <laughs> give each other a good game pat on the back during the council of elrond he's doing like the finger and the <laughs> <laughs> like making faces like, at each other legolas look <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, so Legolas and Aragorn didn't spend like a whole bunch of time together. They had met a few times, but they're, uh, when they initially met, I think was when Aragorn was a child and Legolas had been visiting the northern kingdom of Arnor where uh, Aragorn essentially grew up as like an adopted child. And that's when they first met, but they didn't really become friends until Aragorn brought Gollum to Mirkwood and then imprisoned him there. And that's when Aragorn and Legolas kind of became bros. But actually, funny enough, so Legolas first met Aragorn when Aragorn was a child, and Aragorn first met Boromir when Boromir was a child. Like, one of the few times that, or- that Aragorn had been to Minas Tirith, Boromir was like a five-year-old kid, and Aragorn at that time was like 40 years old, and that's the first time they had met, and Bor- Boromir never remembered that. He what? never remembered beating Aragorn. Whoa. Yep, fun little fact thrown out there. Uh, okay, tell me this. I, it just dawned on me. I legitimately think there were zero black people in the entire movie. I really can't remember a single one. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to frustrate you really bad right now. Were there uh, black people in the book, and did you know they were black? <laughs> um, like, I almost did they made a reference say, to like, orcs, but it feels like <laughs> the uh, lead orc um, that like fights Aragorn at the end of Fellowship of the Ring oh, is played yes. by a black guy. Yep, super cool dude. That guy that also played. Right. Guy, that me. You're right. That, that guy same guy. Played, oh, go for it. That Sorry. same guy voices the Witch King in Return of the King. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know that pink looking fucked up orc that leads the orc army in Return of the King? Yeah. That's also same. him. Same actor. Oh, is it that same guy? Same dude. Dang. Whatever his name is. Maori? I didn't do the, didn't uh, do the Amazon x ray on that part. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, you see what the actors are and stuff. Oh, dude. Oh, you through Amazon. On Amazon, and you hit pause, any actors in that scene pop up on the bottom. Oh, I'd never get through and the movie. It's so fucking great. Dude, yeah. So, like, in, oh, like, there's, so like, good. a conversation happening, and you pause the movie, it'll have the actor and the character they're playing in this movie. So, like, it'll say Viggo Mortensen, Aragorn. Are they all on Amazon? Nicholas. On Amazon, every movie on Amazon that I've watched has this. I don't know. I mean, Lord of the Rings is free on Amazon? No. It's free I, on HBO, but oh, not I, on Amazon. I watched it on HBO, but the, the interface on HBO is, is not so hot right now. Not so the best. Kind of drove me crazy. Dude, I had to buy them. Um, it was so... So they were free on Netflix for the longest time. And I was like, <laughs> I don't need to watch these. Like, Fal's not going to like them, whatever. <laughs> we assign ourselves this episode, and it's like, oh, we're going to take these off Netflix. <laughs> so I was like, dude, yeah. that's cool. I have an Xbox and the DVDs. So I go into my little DVD cubby and I open them up. I only have two towers in Return of the King. I don't have fellowship. I'm like, you? <laughs> well, that's that's still good. That's a little bit. Two out of three. 
But uh, so I just ended up buying them on Amazon. I was like, I want all three of these high def. There you go. That's been time. Did you get the extended versions or the uh, theatrical ones? The theatrical. Uh, okay. Fair I want the extended. For extended? <clears throat> what? Does it cost more for extended? I don't uh, think so. I, I just I knew, like, I I've seen the originals a million times, so I know them very well, and I had this feeling that Fallon would murder me if I made <laughs> her watch the extended versions. That's like twenty four hours of life. Are they really that much better? Like, are like let, give me a rating on each movie, Sean, w- uh, without them and then with them with the <laughs> extensions. Okay, um, Fellowship of the Ring without extensions, ten out of ten. With extensions, ten out of ten. Two Towers with the extended, ten out of ten. Without the extended oh, version, come on. ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> They're all 10 out of 10, Sterling. You can't take so, that away from me. <laughs> but that means then I have no reason to see the extended. Well, okay, so some of the extended stuff is a little uh, wishy-washy. Like, you could definitely see why they took that out of the movie. Like, uh, either through some weird CGI or some strange dialogue. But uh, probably one of the biggest ends they tie up is in the extended version of the third movie where they return to uh, Isengard at the very beginning and confront Saruman. And Saruman shows up at the top of the tower, gets stabbed in the back by Wormtongue, and then Legolas shoots an arrow up there, kills Wormtongue. Saruman tumbles off the tower and gets impaled on a spike. I think I would have liked that, actually. Yeah, wow. Why didn't they put that in the movie? What it, the F? That's like a 30-second moment. a little unnecessary. Moment. And actually, so after that scene, uh, is it Merry or Pippin? One of the two side hobbits... <laughs> Yeah, the, the lesser hobbits. The, the lesser hobbits. Uh, he picks up the palantir, the seeing stone. He pulls it out of the water. So that originally fell into the water because Saruman had it in his hands when he fell off the top of the tower. Oh my god, crazy! Yeah, because like, how did how did the castle or the tower not not get drowned under the water? But that thing was. Yep. There you go. Wow, that makes so much sense. That's technically not how it happened in the books. Saruman actually dies at the very, very, very end of the third book when he returns to the Shire and destroys the Shire. Stop it. That happens? <laughs> Legit happens. It's the very last chapter of the third book. And Saruman returns to the Shire to basically exact revenge and just absolutely levels the Shire, turns it into a wasteland. And that is what Frodo sees in Galadriel's mirror in the very first movie. Yes, yeah. Yep. So that actually so happens. That actually happens. And uh, so Saruman ends up getting killed by Wormtongue right after <laughs> right after Merry and Pippin band together an army of hobbits <laughs> and save the Shire that way at like the battle of uh, some bridge or something like that, but <laughs> yeah, that's how the that's how they all end. <laughs> what? And they were, the all the hobbits beat Saruman? Oh yeah, all the hobbits band together and form like a hobbit army <laughs> and beat the shit out of the orcs and Saruman. What? Jesus. I'm glad they left that out. Uh, it would have been, been like an extra hour and a half of a movie. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't seem entirely realistic to me that like Gandalf at first couldn't handle him, but a uh, a bunch of fucking uh, hobbits with like half-cut watermelon helmets and like butter knives as swords could fucking handle. Well, te- technically, after Isengard is sacked by the trees, um, Saruman gets basically forsaken by the Valar, which are like these upper angels that provide all of these magical abilities to anything beneath them. 
Yeah. And so he kind of has some abilities, but nothing near what he was when he was Saruman. Oh, so he was nerfed. Oh, yeah. He even changed his name to Sharky. <laughs> to what? Sharky. S-H-A-R-K-E-Y. Sharky. That's yep. the most least threatening thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I remember Sharky. reading that and I'm thinking, like what shark- the fuck? Behold, I am Sharky. <laughs> it makes sense why they left it out. It makes sense. Yeah, it was just too much for the books. And then it, it, I think at the end of the movies, they return to the Shire and it's all peaceful and, you know, green and they live happily ever after, which I think was the kind of the point that Peter Jackson was going for. He wanted them to return as heroes to a place that was unspoiled, you know, typical Shire shit. And they, and they like, kind of didn't even know what they did, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Same. That was the weird part is like there's a scene when they are like riding horses back into the Shire and there's still that grumpy old man who's like scowling at them like get off my lawn like rambunctious little kids. And it's like these people don't even know what just happened. Like the shit I just went through for you. (laughs) (laughs) So they show up like all rocked out in like armor and swords and everything, too. (laughs) Like They just get treated like nothing. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for you guys that I I actually had a big debate with Katie's brother this weekend about it. I don't I would like to better understand. I think I have a better idea now after watching the movies. I'd like to better understand why Game of Thrones was so fucking popular and uh, Lord of the Rings wasn't nearly as popular. I think Game of Thrones, you had anybody of any any background watching it you'd have people that didn't read a book in their lives fucking didn't care about any of this nerdy shit watching it but game of thrones didn't or uh lord of the rings didn't do the same thing and i'm trying to figure out why because i actually think like end to end game of thrones or lord of the rings was better dude i'm i'm with you and i think it's just more of a sign of the times than anything when lord of the rings first came out there wasn't really anything like it it was kind of like it's pioneering it set the stage for fantasy fiction like that. And even the movies were, there was really nothing ever like it done. Like Peter Jackson wanted to shoot all three movies in one go because he was afraid that people would lose interest if they did it movie by movie. So he felt like getting them all done at the same time and then coming out with each movie a year after the next was the best way to do it to keep people involved. Oh, it's so good how seamless it was. And like, I only really got that watching them back to back. And bro, like literally the, the fucking first one ends with our, our three boys uh, riding on horses to chase down Merry and Pippin. And then the second one picks up on that. And then the uh, second one, where does the second one end? Them just getting into Mordor and then it fucking kicks off with them in Mordor and the third one. It's, I love that. It was seamless. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. the only way to do it. And Peter Jackson did such a good fucking job. Like, such kudos to him for doing an amazing job with that. And it took an act of God for him to convince the Tolkien estate to let them do the movie. Oh, I'm glad. I bet they're happy he fucking did that. Oh, they better be now. (laughs) That's kind of why you don't see a lot of Lord of the Rings content out there, like in the form of TV shows or other movies, is because the Tolkien estate is notorious for keeping that shit on lock. Why? You don't want to spoil it. Exactly. It's like, it. I guess too much of a, of something can, uh, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing, you know? Star and uh, I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Yeah, maybe maybe Star, Star Wars? Yeah, Star like Wars be... kind of got overzealous and uh, overdid it, I think. Yeah, for sure. And so I think keeping something as minimal as possible was uh, was definitely the play there. 
But so like, Sterling isn't a hundred million dollars every once in a while nice, you know? <laughs> I think it would be. I would take it. I would take it too. But I mean, like, I guess the Tolkien estate is just they were happy with their first hundred million, and they were like, okay, we're good. Don't need really any more. <laughs> so I think I can shed some light on why Lord of the Rings didn't get as popular as as Game of Thrones. Yeah. So I think it has to do with part part of what Sean said. The like Lord of the Rings kind of pioneered that ultra hyper fantasy in in theaters. Like I'm sure there was other stuff beforehand, but it certainly wasn't done as well. Um, and uh, people were afraid to be like bullied and made fun of for liking fantasy dragon shit. But when those movies came out, 2001, 2002, 2003, people like us. And younger, we're just kids. Mm-hmm. And we watched that, and we freaking loved it. We ate it up. Ten- I remember the, uh, the first time I saw Fellowship of the Ring, my dad chaperoned a trip to the movie theater, and he was amazed at how violent of a movie this was for a bunch of people. Oh, there are heads coming clear off shoulders. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but it's like, it, it just captured you. And then those same people, those same kids... 10 to 12 years later there's a new show that fills that lord of the rings gap and we're kind of adults now and that stays with you like stuff we were into as kids superhero movies coming way into effect right now and like for the last decade the same thing where it's like there there's an audience of what was children and now there is this uh, like coming into adulthood slash you are an adult like group of people that are real into that. And I think that's why Game of Thrones probably took off is because I, I think the majority of people that liked it probably also like Lord of the Rings. And it, there's guaranteed to be a section of those that don't. And for those, I think it's because Game of Thrones is more of like a uh, more in-depth drama following a multitude of characters especially people more like relatable like um denarius and stuff like that where it's like i'm gonna follow two midget boys on their (laughs) journey that may or may not kiss yeah (laughs) i like it that's my thought on it is like it was it was built into it like lord of the rings might have built that into us and then we grew up quite a bit and then this came out and we're like oh hell yeah more dragons i'm in I think, Dude, I think I think no doubt I think no doubt uh, Game of Thrones caught the Lord of the Rings crowd, but I think it got way more than that. Like I think ninety nine percent of the people I talk to that like Game of Thrones don't like Lord of the Rings. Wow, really? It, yeah, absolutely. I I know people of every fucking kind of background, and you would be baffled. Like you would not understand why they like this shit, and I still don't get it. Like, I think, like, it's a clear message. It's more violent. It's more sexual. There's fucking blood and boobs in every episode. <laughs> uh, and, like, I think the language is, is a bit diff- different. It's delivered differently. So, like, they'll go off on very, not crazy tangents, but slight tangents in um, Lord of the Rings about, like, the, the father of this person from the Middle Earth, 34-34, the ring, rules above everybody, leaves, leaves and trees. And they just go go into that shit. But they don't do that in uh, Game of Thrones very much. It's, it's like 
fucking if you and I were thrown back then and we were just speaking the way we are in in middle their version of Middle Earth. Yeah, I think Lord of the Rings was definitely more uh, like Shakespearean in the way the dialogue was written, you know. And Game of Thrones was definitely more modern and easy to relate to from uh, like, like our perspective. Like, oh, I'm, it's a long-winded way of saying that I think Lord of the Rings was was better because it's like <laughs> more more in depth and like had better lore. And like, I think when it's something's harder to understand, people immediately turn it off, especially fucking Americans. They're like, oh. No, 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 Like the don't, expanse. Don't, don't bring up history that I gotta know. Do not. Uh, but like, I need you to spoon feed me everything. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the difference. Like, I had this big debate with uh, Katie's brother, and he's like, "Dude, I tried watching Lord of the Rings not too long ago, and it was just so boring." And then I was like, "Dude, Ugh. maybe it is boring." And then I watched it again, and I and I realized that like there were entire seasons where there were no fighting or very little fighting in fucking game of thrones but like every 30 seconds someone's fucking chopping an orc's face off in lord of the rings and it's awesome you get to see amelia clark's titties <laughs> one of yeah. the other yeah that's really what it fucking is <laughs> you just liked all the boobs jason <laughs> called him out i think yeah it like appeals to the fucking bros so i had a moment where like Fallon loves Harry Potter, loves it. And that's like, I kind of relate Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings in that they're both, they, I think they both came out at around the same time. Obviously, Harry Potter was over a longer period because it was like, that was oh, a the Christmas movie. movie. The movies. The movies, yeah. Oh, I but thought you meant the books. I was like, no way, bro. <laughs> no, they, we were alive for Harry Potter. They're somewhat similar in that it's like real fantasy, magic, wizards, dragons trolls all this stuff is like in both things i went down to loves, deep hole after you mentioned that dude like i i looked up like similarities after you said that because that was such a good point and like it's it's weird that she loves harry potter and like almost refuses to watch lord of the rings yes that's what i'm getting at like where's the disconnect between the two franchises you know what so i mean i basically i i took over our nights this week and I was like, hey, I have to watch these movies. So, like, if you want to watch them, great. If not, I'll be right here watching this. This is work! <laughs> and straight up, I was like, this is important. Like, I have to do this. And she would just basically sit on her phone and, like, watch occasionally. There was a scene in, uh, I think it was uh, Return of the King, where, like, you see the Nazgul riding their dragons everywhere. Dementors. And she's <laughs> sitting there and she's like on her phone and then she just looks up and just watches for like a straight two minutes. And I'm not watching the movie. I'm watching her and I'm like, she's fucking interested. She <laughs> is liking this. And I called her out. She's sitting there and I was like, you like this movie? And she's like, um, I, I don't know. It's all right. And I was like, yes! <laughs> Oh like my trying god! Trying her best not to seem interested. <laughs> oh, she like doesn't want to admit that it's freaking amazing. Uh, here, here were the. There's several like so many similarities that you can draw that I thought were meaningful. Like you can draw similarities between fucking anything if the reach is far enough, right? Oh yeah. But, but the the ones that I really really fucking got uh, between Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings were. They both have scars. Our main characters both have scars that hurts when the bad guy's nearby, right? And they and they both 
on birthdays got a, a device that turns them invisible. That's the big one. <laughs> and then uh, and then the third one, the third one was uh, the bad guy puts themselves in an inanimate object so they can't die. That is yep. So J.K. Rowling has actually admitted that she took a lot of inspiration from the Lord of the Rings books. Oh, good. And you can see a lot of them in comparison. And actually, a ton of fantasy fiction writers, they all admit to it just because it's the foundation for anything fantasy fiction related. So all these authors like Brandon Sanderson or Bernard Cornwell, J.K. Rowling, they all take bits and pieces of Lord of the Rings to kind of supplement their own stories. Amazing. who was the guy before Tolkien? Was there Dude, somebody? That, was there always an originator? I I, mean, I honestly maybe don't know. It's just know. human history. It's like <laughs> there, there were dragons. But Tolkien's I'll, like this will be fun. I'll tell you what fucking inspired or what supposedly inspired uh, Tolkien. Are you ready for this? Oh, I just fucking, fucking blow my mind. I, I just fucking listened to this on a podcast and I I took multiple shits. The Bible. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's not. There, there were Nazgul's in the Bible, that's for sure. Uh, okay, an ancient Roman ring likely inspired J.R.R. Token to create the Ring of Power, also known as One Ring, at the center of his beloved epic saga, The Lord of the Rings, and its prequel, The Hobbit. Uh, forged by the Dark Lord, oh, One Ring. The ring shows up. Hang on. Before he became the father of high fantasy, Tolkien was a renowned professor of Anglo-Saxon at. Oxford, when he was called upon to comment on an ancient ring and other relics. John Ronald Rule Tolkien was born in South Africa in 1892. He moved with his mother and brother to England at age three, but his father died before he could join. This is way too early, boys, so I'm trying to speed to the end here. (laughs) Uh, A gold ring had been found in 1785 by a farmer plowing a field in Silchester, a village west of London most notable for the archaeological site of a town occupied there during Roman, the Roman invasion of 45 AD. One would say a different age, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and abandoned in the 7th century. The ring was remarkable on several fronts. Fashioned out of 12 grams of gold, it was so large, with a diameter of 25 millimeters, that it would fit only on a thumb or over a gloved finger. It was ornamented with the head of Venus wearing a, a diadem, a Latin inscription read Senecianus and live well in God. Um, wow. So I'll, I'll jump to the juicy point that I read on earlier than this, but this ring was like super coveted, basically. One dude made it, fucking loved it, and then it was stolen by him. And he tried so hard to get it back that he placed a curse on it. So apparently anybody who got the ring would be fucking cursed. And just to be a prick, the dude who stole the ring put basically like, this is my ring now, or I took the ring, like inscribed it on the ring. So on the inside, he had inscriptions of like some crazy thing, like I stole the the great ring. And uh, but everybody knows who it was because he was mocking the dude who he stole it from on the inside. And they found that ring, like, in the dirt, like, basically saying that, or uh, making you believe that the guy died not not of natural causes. Like, he died out in a fucking field somehow. 
Yeah, like he was buried. Yes. Um, I wonder if they have that part in here. And he's still running around in a cave somewhere on all fours. You know, My precious! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, that's fucking the, mind-blowing. Yeah, I'll share my screen real fast. Maybe uh, you want to... Maybe we could share this. Can you see that? Whoa! Oh, so shit! So that's the real one, one ring. That's actually not a far cry. I was imagining something a lot more ornate with, like, crazy other shit, but that's, like, that, you know, you blur your eyes a little bit, and that's it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is so, so fucking cool. Dude, my brains like, are, like, all over the place now. It's pretty interesting. Like, I'm sure, like, I know, like, him, his involvement in the war inspired some shit, but, like, it's cool that the ring was, like, the centerpiece, and then he fucking built this insane fucking epic fantasy lore around it wow the creepiest part is that it was so big am i the only one that's creeped out by the fact that the ring (laughs) that was found was huge like sauron was a giant he was huge yeah but who (laughs) who was the guy that wore the real ring like come on i know i think it might have been um so a lot of Roman centurions back in the day wore rings to signify their rank over armored gloves. Oh, shit. so I think that might be why it's so big. And in uh, in Lord of the Rings, the ring actually changes sizes. Yeah. So when Sauron has it, it's huge. It legit shrinks down when Isildur so, picks it up out of Sauron's hand ashes. <laughs> Which is silly because they wear it around their neck anyways. Am I, <laughs> am I crazy? <laughs> Like, I don't know why it changes sizes, but yeah, you're you're 100 right. That's I would weird. I would have put it on like my pinky toe and have it shrink down <laughs> and just stay hidden from everybody. I wouldn't be losing it so much, like Frodo. Wait, serious question though about the ring. So, Sean, this is where your expertise comes in, super handy. When Sauron is wearing it, it's like super powerful and he's great and he's you know doing all this crazy shit. Um, Isildur gets it. I, we don't see him put it on, but he wears it around his neck. He puts it on when he's supposed to throw it in the fire, right? Oh, no, no. That was Frodo. No, he just says no. So when there. Frodo puts it on, he disappears and seemingly goes into like... The unseen realm is what it's called. Yeah, so tell Ooh. me about this. Because that's... He, he's seen by the Nazgul, who are semi... Uh, more normal looking in this realm because they're basically zombie kings. Um, but like, what's going on there? What happens? So, okay, I guess there's kind of a lot of points to break down. I'll try and keep this simple. <laughs> Dude, you, have, you have all the time in the world. Please all right. dive in. So Sauron originally made it, and when wearing it, it basically enhanced his abilities and gave him some influence over the other rings of power. But after Sauron dies the first time, because part of his spirit is infused with the ring, he's kind of reincarnated at the location of the ring when he dies the first time. So he comes back in spirit form, and the ring, uh, when somebody else wears it, it kind of removes you from the material world and puts you into the spirit world because that's the portion of Sauron's spirit that he kind of infused with the ring, right? So Isildur, as far as I know, never actually wore the ring. He was more, like, intoxicated by it, you know? 
he felt like putting it on would essentially spoil it. So he, as far as I know, oh. I don't know, I could, I could be 100% wrong, but he only wore it on a necklace or held it in his hand. He never actually slipped it on. And he only had it for maybe 30, 35 years, not long before he gets murked and then the ring falls in the river and just sits there until Gollum picks Man, it up. it could have stayed there forever. Yeah, and so the Nazgul, they're 100% invisible. You can't see them. They're only... You can only see them in their cloaks and their armor, but they are 100% wraiths fully living in the the unseen realm. So by that logic, they they can't die. Whenever they would be defeated, essentially, like at Weathertop when Aragorn lights a whole fuckload of them on fire, they, they basically just wither away and then respawn back in Mordor. Uh, oh, that's okay. dope. That was another <laughs> thing I was curious about. Like, are they physical creatures? or But they're just... They're ghosts wearing robes. So like, that's why you don't see their faces or anything. It's like they wear, which is dumb. Why would you wear clothes if you're invisible? Come on. <laughs> but well, I, I don't think they can interact with anything unless they're wearing something. So they can't pick up a sword or interact with anything physical unless they have like a glove on. Oh. And they can only be killed by, by ladies. Uh, yeah. Whoa, man. So actually. Not by men. Only only the Witch King is where that applies. The rest of the Nazgul, that does not apply. And they can it's still not, die for anything? They can still die. Well, they get defeated, and then they respawn after a certain amount of time in Mordor, as long as the ring still survives. But the Witch King, that whole thing... Oh, oh boy, you guys ready for this? We're going to fucking... <laughs> we're going to get into this shit. I hope it explains, like, this massive... <laughs> misogynistic flaw where like the witch king was like well if if men can't kill me just will <laughs> <laughs> and you just can't fathom a woman stabbing his face <laughs> so actually that the whole no man can kill me thing came from a prophecy after the witch king was first defeated by men and elves in angmar so this whole war takes place where the witch king is working on behalf of sauron trying to dominate the rest of middle earth gets defeated by the elves and men, and as he's running away, one of the most legendary and badass fucking elves in existence that is technically still alive during the Lord of the Rings, Yeah. as he's running away, is like, ah, let him go. He won't die by the hand of man. And that's where that whole thing kind of kicks in. And the Witch King is basically bound to the fate of Earth via a spell that Sauron used to enhance the Witch King's strength. So the Witch King is basically immortal, but he, the spell that's keeping him alive is broken when he's stabbed in the back by Mary. The sword that Mary uses is one that he picked up from a grave that you don't see in the movies. It's only in the books, in the Barrow Downs, in the, the very first book that I think Tom Bombadil gave him. Maybe it was Gandalf that gave it to him. I want to talk about Tom Bombadil later. Tom Bombadil is... Oh, we're going to get into that. That's that's going to be a whole other fucking thing to dive into. But uh, Personally, a big fan of Bombadil. So the swords that the hobbits have that I think Aragorn gives them in the movies are given to them by either Tom Bombadil or Gandalf in the books, and they're pulled from a, a Westernese grave, where Westernese is a kingdom of man that's long since gone, but they forged these weapons with the sole purpose of killing whites, of killing things that only live in the unseen realm. And so when Mary, who still has this, this sword, this Westernese sword that he's had since the first book, stabs the Witch King in the back, 
he basically nullified the spell that was keeping the Witch King immortal. And so when the Witch King fell down and Eowyn stands up, says her whole thing and then stabs the dude in the face, there's no spell that's keeping him alive and protected. So he just basically implodes and then just so goes any, back. And realm. So anyone could have killed him after that. Actually. Yep. You got it. Oh, anyone but all, all women everywhere, nerdy women everywhere thought it was a hell of a cool <laughs> moment for women. We can edit I this part out of the no podcast. Man. That's awkward. That's awkward. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell him. I think it's cool because it was, it was prophesized by uh, Glorfindel when the Witch King was first defeated. That as he was running away, oh, let him go. You know, he's not gonna die by the hand of man. I think it's cool how that kind of came full circle, and it was Eowyn that ended up finishing him off. So I guess I, I there's like that. that. They found a way to make like her character, her person work. She is a badass in the. Uh, in the books too like she legit is one of the strongest characters and actually after she killed the witch king part of the spell that was broken after mary stabbed him you know how he's like recoiling and the sword disappears and his arms all fucked up so they both yeah. after fighting him end up poisoned and they get cured by aragorn's knowledge of like westernese spells and abilities and medicine they don't show that in the movies but that's how it happens in the books i uh so big pharma I, yeah. <laughs> I like the scene where she's uh riding with mary and she has a double sword and she chops the elephant legs oh god yeah that that happened in the book that that's accurate to the books <laughs> super cool the one thing the one thing of trivia that i i read and then i have a question after this for you sean was that uh the something that wasn't accurate uh in the movies was um when um what's his name boromir's brother Right, Faramir's brother uh, basically takes uh, he captures fucking Frodo and Sam, and one of them says we're not supposed to be here, and they say that apparently because it doesn't happen in the books, and so like it's like they're the writer's way of saying like ah we're not supposed to be here, but they needed to put it in the movie when they go to that fortress. Uh, damn. I mean, as far as I knew, I thought that uh, they do interact with Faramir. <clears throat> I thought that he had captured him. Um, no, it says, yeah, you're right. It says he captured him, but like some very specific spot that, that he's with them at, they weren't supposed to be at. So they worked okay. in that little thing as like an Easter egg. Well, that's for sure a gap in my knowledge. I did not fucking know that. <laughs> well, I mean, the gap in your knowledge, it's fake. <laughs> I think actually, well, it could make sense because I think most of their time spent with Faramir in the books happens in the city of Osgiliath and not some ranger camp out in the wilds. Yeah. At least I think. I don't know. But that's fucking cool. I did not know that. Wait, okay. So here's my next question. Like, what actually is the Belrog? Oh, my God. Yes. That's what I'm here for. The big, the, whew, the Balrogs. Oh, some of my favorite fucking monsters ever. Bro, they're, they're uh, open up number two with Gandalf falling a thousand dude, fighting him. So yes. Oh my god. And technically that's not the only living Balrog at this time. There's supposedly two or three other ones kind of in hiding. But the Balrogs are essentially lesser angels. The the Valar are all these different gods that represent like Earth and the ocean and the sky and all that. And then the Maiar are all of the sub-gods or the angels that kind of work beneath them. And that's where you have Sauron and Gandalf and Saruman and Galadriel. They all fall into that Maiar category. And that's where the Balrogs also exist. They're on that same level. So Sauron and Gandalf are of the same type? 
Yep, exactly, a hundred percent. They're like they're like angel babies. Yep, like sub angels almost. They're angels that were designed by God to help out the other gods. So it's like not it's not that extreme that Gandalf fought the Balrog because nope. they're technically on the same plane kind of they're almost exactly on the same page gandalf i think at the time when they fought might have been a step below that balrog in terms of power because he wasn't the white he was the gray dude exactly because he hadn't he hadn't leveled up yet (laughs) he wasn't white yet that's why Uh, he couldn't do it (laughs) no but it's like the 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 leveling up and that's something I, i also wanted to get into after this point is is the the grades of a wizard but we'll talk about that in a minute more balrog okay so (laughs) they're basically designed by one of the valar one of the gods named morgoth to work as like his lieutenants or his captains and during the war of wrath which is this one battle that took place over the course of like 40 or 45 years um, there's a whole bunch of Balrogs that take place or participate in that battle. And for the most part, none of them die. They really only ever get defeated when Morgoth, that their version of God, dies, and a couple of them run away into exile, and then one of them is the one that Gandalf ends up fighting. But the uh, the Balrogs are essentially these lesser angels that work for the evil god, and uh, they have, like, smaller lieutenants of their own that are also pretty cool and pretty fucking creepy. But the best and most powerful bal- Balrog was one named Gothmog. And he was, like, yeah. basically the captain of all of Morgoth's armies at one point, even above Sauron. He was more powerful than him at one point. Ooh. But he was just so fucking reckless and confident in his own abilities that when he finally gets wrecked, it leaves this huge leadership vacuum. And that's how, essentially, Morgoth is defeated. Because his chief captain was a little too cocky at one point and ends up getting nuked. Whoa. So the Balrog is is the <clears throat> like the type of creature. So the one that fought Gandalf has a name. I Durin's thought it, Bane. Oh yeah. Skeef. It's actually Skeef. <laughs> We're about to face Charles. <laughs> We're about to fight Karen, chief most among the Balrogs. <laughs> She's got the whole foods. <laughs> so that one actually got its name after the dwarves attempted to. Uh... So Erebor once. Oh, dude, 100% an accident. I said oh, Erebor, but that's wrong. Because so... they're the best. Oh, dude, yeah. Khazad Doom was the greatest dwarf kingdom at the time. And as they were just digging so too sad. deep for Mithril, they found where one of the Balrogs had been hiding. And when he woke up, he's all pissed and angry and starts killing everybody and kills the Dwarf King, kill the Dwarf King Durin, which is Gimli's, like, great-great-great-grandfather or some weird relation like that. Everybody's and in that's, the cockpit, right? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> so sad. Dude, so that's where he gets the name Durin's Bane. And it always bugged me in the movie because it seems like Gimli doesn't know the Balrog exists when it's technically one of the biggest pieces of Dwarf history. Oh, yeah, shit. it's like you, he you doesn't know, know that. that it happened. It's like he goes in there expecting a great welcome and a bunch of yeah. beer and meat. And he's, he's like, like rubbing oh. his hands. He's like, you guys are going to fucking love it. <laughs> You're going to love it. Which makes no sense because the sacking of Khazad-dûm and the uh, the failure of Balin's expedition, which was Gimli's cousin, is super well-renowned amongst the dwarves. So the fact that Gimli doesn't know about any of that stuff is 
is just dumb. That always kind of bugged me. So there's one piece of movie trivia I have about this particular scene. I have not verified it other than IMDb. So it could be totally false. But I read that in the scene where they find the tomb in the in the mines of Moria, um, the day before, Viggo Mortensen, so all the actors while they were filming in New Zealand for like 800 years, took up surfing <laughs> and they were like loving it. Um, apparently Viggo Mortensen ate it super hard the day before <laughs> and bruised part of his face. And they tried to cover it up, but they couldn't. So the scenes that, or the the shots that he's in when they find the tomb are only of one side of his face. Oh my God, no way. Because part of his face is messed up from surfing. (laughs) Holy shit, that's so dude. I read this after I watched it, so I don't remember, because it's like, I was in the battle. Like, I remember it, like, (laughs) being there myself. So, like, I can't think of it. But I want to rewatch that moment and see, like, do we only get to see one side of his face? Because it was... He wrecked it. Oh my god, I feel like I need to rewatch that. He gets destroyed during the filmings of these movies, too. Like, he took an absolute thrashing. Yeah, because he didn't want a stunt double, and he only... Another piece of trivia I read was he only wanted to use the real sword. He didn't want to use a lighter aluminum sword or a rubber sword, so he used a steel sword the whole time. And (laughs) was apparently... He apparently carried it around outside of filming and was questioned by the police on several occasions because he <laughs> no had way. this giant ass sword <laughs> walking around. I'm the oh future king of Gondor. Please. <laughs> uh, oh my God. That's so fucking cool. I did not know that. That reminds me a lot of um, fucking how they had to work in why Mark Hamill got his face fucked up in star Wars. Cause he like, he got in the car accident in real life. Oh and no then, shit! And then yeah, and then in Empire Strikes Back, they had him attacked by the uh, the Wampa in in the cave to work wow. that all. Oh my god! Yeah, so yeah. crazy. Like you just got to work around it when you're on a schedule. Uh, who was it? was it? Sean? Was it you who sent us the, or maybe my brother who sent us the uh, the sword, the Lord of the Rings lightsabers? I want that. I want that real bad. Oh, I sent over the Pirates of the Caribbean one. Pirates of the Caribbean with lightsabers. Oh. I think Dom might have shared the Lord of the Rings with lightsabers one. Oh, it was Dom. I, yeah. I really got to get one of those fucking <laughs> bad boys. Wait, are you talking about those weird fan-made CGI YouTube clips? Or are you talking about... Uh... No, like people made like oh. medieval-looking sword handles, and then the blades are lightsabers. Oh my god, that's fucking cool. Dude, uh, while you find those, I need to ask Sean about wizards. Yes. So, going back to our conversation moments ago about Gandalf becoming from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White. Oh, oh, oh! Your your background is oh shit. Asking it. God damn it! Sorry, keep keep going, yeah. Alex. Turn turn that bullshit off until until yeah. I'm done. I'm gonna get <laughs> out of my lab. So you have Gandalf the Grey, and then he what we assume like almost dies and then becomes Gandalf the white. And that is obviously a transition either leveling up from a sick battle or because he died. But then in the Hobbit, which came out years later, we have, uh, Radagast the Brown 
So it's like that is a another character, but B it kind of lets us know that like that's a wizard who has the title of Brown. So it's like he's not leveled up yet. So do you is is there an explanation of like the leveling up of wizards in this world? Uh, yeah, there there actually is. So the way that the hierarchy worked. So out of the uh, what are there one two three four five? There's five East Hari, five wizards. There's Saruman the White, Radagast the Brown, Gandalf the Gray, <laughs> and then the two unnamed blue wizards that Tolkien just got so fucking sick of writing that he just completely left them out of almost everything. <laughs> In, in in an interview, he says, yeah, they went east a while ago, and I just got so fucking tired of trying to write about wizards, I just left them out entirely. But the, the way that hierarchy works is that Saruman the White was meant to lead the other wizards, and the tier right beneath him was Radagast the Brown and Gandalf the Grey, and then beneath them were the two blue wizards that just are nameless, disappeared. Okay, no so worries. is there an explanation of, like, how they level up, or is it just they're lesser and they get different colors so like you know like like martial arts where you like you have a white well i guess the opposite of martial <laughs> arts the white belt but like you have the different grades you know so like in this case you know white is the top and martial arts black is the top um where you know you do x amount of tasks and you're like okay you have leveled up to purple belt and to brown belt or to whatever Right, so there's actually no way they they weren't supposed to level up like that originally. The way that it worked is that Saruman the White was meant to be the most powerful and the leader of the East Hari. And when Gandalf essentially dies after fighting the Balrog, he drifts into kind of like the space in between time almost. And God, Eru Iluvatar, who basically created all of the world, all of the angels picked him out of this void and was like, yeah, things are kind of fucked up on this planet I built. I need you to go back and try and make things right. So I'm going to give you a bit of a power boost to go and do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't so, he do it? Why doesn't he get in there and help? I, honestly, it's... Oh, go for it. Oh, I was going to say, on that front, one thing that I picked out of these movies, I love these movies. I would say they're like 10 out of 10s, except for Return of the King. I'll give a 9, and I'll talk about that <laughs> later. But in in uh, The Two Towers, when we run back into Gandalf after he becomes Gandalf the White, he's already met Merry and Pippin, right? He's okay. already met them. Right. And then he meets Aragorn and Legolas. And then they have, and we see this conversation, and he's like, you know, they call him Gandalf, and he's like, Gandalf, that was my name once. Gandalf the Grey, that's what they used to call me. And he's, like, re-familiarizing himself with it. You would think that he might have already had this conversation with himself after meeting Marion Pippin. <laughs> oh, fucking good point. Very like, good point. He meets them, and he's like, they met someone they did not expect. And it's like... Did you not chat with them? Did they not call you Gandalf? Think, and now you're remembering this? Or I think what? they were calling him Wizard Boy, not Gandalf. And that's why he didn't remember his name. <laughs> oh, Magic Boy. They were oh, calling him Spelly Spelly Pew Boy. Pew Man. <laughs> <laughs> so actually in the books, he has that conversation with Merry and Pippin when he first runs into him. It's just oh, in the okay. movies, it worked better and played a lot easier when he does it with, the, uh, with Legolas, Aragorn, and Gimli. And part of the reason why he doesn't really remember anything is that after he was 
power boosted and then placed back on Earth, it was almost like he needed to remember everything and it took a long time for that to happen because he had been alive for thousands of years and so all those memories were kind of slowly coming back to him. Oh, yeah. And I totally get that moment. Like, him having to remember, like, what happened and who he was after such a crazy event. The thing that got me was that he remembered after the second meeting, you know, like... (laughs) It should have been, he should have had this conversation with himself, with Mary Pippen, <laughs> but it was the second meeting like a day later. All right, look at these, oh. look at these lightsaber swords. Oh, holy oh, sack. Wow. Oh my God. So for those of you listening, we're looking at some sweet Lord of the Rings lightsaber crossovers. Dude, and, and they're all no. on maps of the Middle Earth, and I don't know if you could see this, but look in the background, there's the fucking ring. Oh my god, wow. Just like, they get an A-plus for pictures, let alone the fucking... Uh, dude, how much are those? Oh uh, boy, I I mean, as as a guy who buys very, very expensive lightsabers, I would say, <laughs> like, at least 200. There's no price tag listed on those pictures? No, but I, I bet at least 200. My most expensive lightsaber is 200. Oh my god, that's so fucking cool. I've never told you this, but I've been looking for a lightsaber for you and i've been willing to spend hella money on it and i said hella what? because i'm from socal what wow. <laughs> how when will be the date where you've been uh, up here longer than socal because you you've spent a decent chunk of time up here since college right i spent 18 years in southern california so when when i've spent 19 years up here or 18 years in a day up here i guess <laughs> i don't know i don't know what that exact thing is but I mean, you spent half of that here, I think. I've been up here a long time. We uh, got, you got here in, uh, I guess, 2009. No, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you this. I'll give you a little bit of satisfaction of claim over my soul. I don't put the word the in front of freeways when I talk about them anymore. <laughs> that means a lot to me. I, I say 580, 680, 24. I don't say the 24. <laughs> so... That's got to be a thing, I guess. You've been here like 11 years, which is fucking real sick. That's crazy. Like, you've been adulting super fucking hard, paving your own path for 11 years. That's You're sick. true California. In the Bay Area. Yes. That is just immense. I was a child in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Only a couple more years, and <laughs> you could say you're, you're native. <laughs> but... I've been I've been looking there's there's a website that does dope ass lightsabers and I was like damn I want to buy Sterling one of these but I like oh want to make sure it's the right one and I also want to make sure I have the disposable funds to give that to you <laughs> They're expensive. I mean, they're real I mean, I guess that means I got to get you a six sword. No, 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 no. You don't. But I also thought like maybe you doesn't need another lightsaber. I have six batterings. Oh, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <better>. <laughs> but I'm like, maybe he doesn't need another lightsaber. So I like have what kind of bull- bullshit is that? <laughs> Not too many. The the kind of bullshit that thinks like what happens when you come home drunk one night with an extra <laughs> lightsaber and Katie's like, what's that? <laughs> it makes for I'm the best wielding now, baby. <laughs> <laughs> My niece uh, spent the night for the first time ever. And I was fucking stoked 
all day for the sun to go down so we could bust out the lightsaber because like i knew she'd fucking love it and like her favorite color is purple so i put in the fucking purple crystal and everything and uh dude when she got it and i turned it on she would not put it away and then she's swinging it around and i was like look i want to be a fun uncle and shit but like be careful (laughs) so expensive be careful you just gotta under maybe i'll buy you a cheap one that you can play with her with and you don't give a shit if it breaks oh i'll cherish anything i could literally never have too many lightsabers (laughs) oh oh that is so wow Oh, oh, that was my favorite thing. So, like, I wanted... She is. I wanted... Uh, there's, like, not much we could have done for Katie's birthday. So I wanted to surprise her and have a fun thing. So I hit up uh, Katie's sister-in-law, Katrina, and I was like, are you guys going to, like, be chill and quarantine for a couple weeks? And they're super safe. Like, Jay doesn't see anybody when he goes to work. And Katrina stays at home with the kids, so they're golden. So then I had to, like, make up bullshit excuses why we couldn't do anything or see anybody for two weeks. And then uh, I had Katrina bring Lily over and hit the buzzer. And then Katie answered. She's like, who's there? And Lily answered. And I was like, Lily's here for her first sleepover ever at our place. And it was so fun, dude. We played Mario Kart. I knew Lily was going to like Mario Kart. She, We played it for probably fucking six hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And the thing about her being five is, like, she literally gets in, like, 12th place. Literally the last place you can get. <laughs> and she thinks she wins every time. And me and Katie are actually competing. And, like, Katie and I will get in first or second every time. Lily will get in 12th. And we'll be like, yeah, Lily! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome dude. this is testing the waters here's the tie-in because like i want to get all my my nieces and nephews into the nerdy shit i'm in but it's so many steps before i have them watch lord of the rings you know i have a lot of a lot of (laughs) groundwork you you do need to lay some like suspend your disbelief time you know what i mean like you you've got to yeah throw them into mario kart let them watch you play video games. Let them play video games. Like, yeah. all these little steps. And you're like, hey, how about you watch this three-hour wizard movie? <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, 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 wait. What about 12 hours of wizards? Hmm? How about that? I think I might get a ring, like a golden ring, and say, hey, put it on, Lily. And when she puts it on, I'll be like, where the fuck did you go? I can't see you anywhere. Oh, my God. And then, wow. and then to further... To further uh increase that i'll be like all right let's put it in this fire put it in the fire and then she'll put it in my hand and i'll just bite my lip and be like it's so cold i don't feel it at all Fun. <laughs> and then we'll watch lord of the rings and i'll be like you know where i got this fucking ring from and and then we watch it that's the play i like the long game you're playing right I now know. <laughs> yeah, mad respect. Well, her parents are going to show her lord of the rings for Star Wars. Well, uh, I think they watched a random Star Wars and it made me grit my teeth. What did oh. they do? They watched like the first half of Force Awakens or something. I was like, come on, man. Wait, what, what kind of stuff are they into? Uh, 
Well, if like, you tell me they watch cricket, I'm gonna freak out. No, uh, <laughs> I, I know English people that don't even like cricket. Uh, they, they. I know cricket players that don't even like cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I make millions, but I'm miserable. <laughs> Oh my god, she's like she's like five, so she doesn't have a, I don't know. She just watches like really really childish cartoony shit, and the parents will watch whatever that she's into. Like trolls is a is a recurring theme. I I feel like uh, I goddamn you know how hard it was for me to not show her uh Last Airbender. Oh, it, it was super hard, but I I don't think I can do it. My coworker just showed his eleven year old Last Airbender and. They fucking binge the shit out of it, which is yep. cool. You just gotta wait. Just be patient. Yeah. God. God. It's so frustrating. Lord <laughs> of the Rings is the long game, for sure. Speaking of the long game, this is where we conclude part one. Uh, this conversation lasted about two and a half hours, so we had to cut it in half in order to upload it. So tune into part two and uh, enjoy. <laughs>